don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. This is Social Minds, the UK's first dedicated social media marketing podcast brought to you by Social Chain. I'm Theo. And I'm Eve. And each week we'll be joined by a host of progressive minds to learn the unique and innovative ways that social media is being used around the world. On this podcast, we'll be discussing the latest developments across social and what they mean for us all. And if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to get new episodes every week. This week on Social Minds. They're using it to influence what they do in their daily lives. I think some of them just haven't transferred it the other way. We were joined by Rob Alderman, who left Hootsuite to found his own social media consultancy firm called We Strategize. Yes, Rob spoke to us all about the gap that exists between social media managers and people at the top executive board level. So that's like your CMOs and your CEOs of the company. So he was speaking all about how to get taken seriously as a social media manager and how to really pitch great ideas to people at top senior levels. You find that they are pretty good storytellers that's how they like to communicate and receive communication. So there's a way that you can start to build kind of what you're doing into more of a story. That can be really, really helpful. All this and more coming up. How can social media managers pitch their ideas to the big cheeses of the world in business? Yes. So like, obviously this is a a big subject with a a few facets to it, but basically... um, I think there's ways that social media managers can potentially use the the language they're using uh, up to C-levels and and VPs and things like that and kind of how they're talking about social media are the two big things that probably really affect how they can communicate upwards to to that chief exec level. Um, What we tend to find is that sometimes social media managers can struggle communicating the message to um, C-level executives because sometimes C-level executives are not coming from a background of digital or social um, and they're not really uh, au fait with all the different social media metrics and things like Mm. that so as soon as you start going down that path uh, you lose them very quickly and then you've lost the conversation and Mm. so I think you know it really starts with how you talk about it and kind of what you're focused on talking about and the the type of metrics and results that you're talking about with Mm. an executive that's a starting point Mm. I would say yeah and what do you think is the biggest barrier um, for these social media managers when trying to talk to senior execs? Yeah, the, the, there's definitely a few things. I think well, one is like the the obvious one with anyone in a position where they're going up to a C-level is there's a, a nervousness about speaking to those people. Yeah. They're, they're often these people who are potentially f- far-reaching within the organisation that you only get to speak to occasionally, if at all. Mm. And so sometimes uh, in organisations where uh, the social media team is small, it can be a person's responsibility that maybe hasn't done that before. So there's this, this kind of fear that they, they have to try and get over somehow. Um, so I think that's one barrier and then I think another barrier is actually um, the, the getting in front of these people how do I actually mm. get an opportunity to sit in front of these people and explain it as well yeah. and so that's another big barrier we see is when we're speaking to people they sort of say well I, I actually would love to like some people are confident say well I'd actually love to have that conversation yeah. but I never get the opportunity to do that so how do I get myself in in front of that yeah I didn't think of it that way you normally think like obviously because they're going to be nervous and stuff it's situations yeah. where they've been asked to sort of prove what they're doing yes and like uh, provide the value um, of their job but yeah you're right some people might actually want to yeah, seek that right. themselves yeah yeah exactly so I think that's a big barrier but then you know when, when we're speaking to those people I think it's a case of thinking a little bit differently about how you can approach that situation so oftentimes they're like, well, I never get invited to a meeting with the CEO or I, I don't have the opportunity to have a weekly meeting with that person. Maybe I communicate to my boss and I try and ask them to pass on the information. But if you kind of turn it around a little bit and be like, well, actually, what value can I bring to the C-level that they would be interested in? Like if I was given 
10 minutes of their time, what would I communicate across to yeah. them? Um, and, and then there's also other opportunities as well where oftentimes we find that C-level people are looking for help on social media, but they're not being given it. And there's that disconnect where this person doesn't realize they need help, uh, the social media person, and then the C-level person doesn't realize that this person in the organization can give them the help. Yeah. And so it's trying to like approach it in a slightly different way of, of being like, well, what value can I bring this person and how can I bring something different so I get onto their, their radar and their agenda so yeah. then we can have maybe a bit of a wider discussion. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny as well that often we're talking about, um, you know, uh, although loads of companies will have different headquarters in different places, often we're talking about the same the same company uh, building mm. and you know it may just be two floors away and <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. that miscommunication within That's the right. actual office within, within yeah that, exactly so. yeah. Okay, we never go to floor seven <laughs> yeah. what's That's on the floor seven what is on floor seven <laughs> <laughs> who's up there yeah exactly yeah um, so yeah like I think it's that like the, you know and that is a difficult one to navigate sometimes because that's the responsibility of an organisation to have mm. sort of transparency across the organisation yeah. and things like that but what we try and encourage people to do is and say well do you have kind of like all hands meetings or other opportunities where you can put your hand up to present in front of a wider audience? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily just the, the C-level person, but some people within that circle or within that area of the business are going to be there. Mm -hmm. Is there something interesting, a story you could tell about what you're doing that, again, starts to put your voice out into the organization? Mm -hmm. Uh, because if there is, that's where people start listening and saying, oh, that's what that person on floor five does. Yeah. Like, you know, and like, they, oh, now I understand a little bit more about what they do. Yeah. And you find that people are then a bit more proactive to ask some follow-up questions. And, and again, it's just you're just raising your profile basically within that mm. organization to help. Have you have you found that it's like quite difficult sometimes? Like even uh, in cases where a senior exec probably does need help with social, mm. and there's probably like equal amount of cases where they don't think they need it. Do you ever get across, um, like, come across a bit of snobbery um, in a way where it's like, oh, yeah, and the, I, the low people on floor five, or we, <laughs> yeah. we don't mingle with them. Yeah, and I definitely don't want to like put every C level person in this bucket no. of like they're these untouchable mm. people who don't aren't open to this kind of thing. But definitely, we've we've hit like that in the past, and it's this kind of, you know, what is social media, and it's this kind of younger generation's area of expertise and yeah. they're dealing with it and I don't really need to know about it. But actually, like, there's some stats out there. There was one from IDG, which is that they found that 84% of C-level and VP level uh, make buying decisions uh, with the support of social media. Mm -hmm. So they're using it in their personal lives. Like, if you think about people who are in those positions, they're, if they're not using it, their kids are using it, their partners are potentially using it. Mm -hmm. And so they're fully aware of potentially the power it can provide them on a personal level. Um, and so it's then, again, trying to flip that around to say, well, actually, we're a business and we, we need to take that stance to make sure we're educating our audiences there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can definitely run into that situation where they sort of think that they don't need to know about it. Yeah. Um, and I think in those cases, it's important to try and find, again, you've got to try and find this angle that will make this person interested. And yeah. so what we talk about a lot is like, well, how is social impacting the business? What is it that you're doing that's really impacting mm -hmm. the, the mm -hmm. top level of the business, or whether that's generating revenue or generating leads? What is it the business is, uh, social media is doing for the business in that sense? Because that's the kind of stuff that that level of person wants to, to talk about and yeah. know about because that's what they're under pressure to deliver on. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think, again, it's this um, looking at, uh, for example, competitors. That's another thing where they, they prick their ears up suddenly yeah. and say, well, actually, yeah, yeah. 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 the yeah. competitors are doing this amazing thing on social media and I think they're taking you know a slice of our audience base, mm -hmm. probably something that we should take note of. And again, like that's something that personally impacts them. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to get back to this personal connection with that person. I think... 
that's where that's sometimes missing because they think they don't need to know about it because it's this thing that kind of happens, yeah. but it doesn't really impact what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. Where yeah. actually, it, as we mm. know, it does. Yeah. Uh, it's just an education. It's probably so much easier to try and explain it to someone if they're willing to learn. But if they're not, it must be so much harder. Yeah, if they're not willing to learn, um, that's where you need to start thinking about how you can use other parts of the organisation to support yeah. you. And so, um, you know, a big thing that we talk about is that you know social media came from a very much marketing focused area of the business mm-hmm. but actually how can you make sure you're working across other parts of the business as well so yeah. everything from customer service to sales to research departments all that kind of stuff is there people in those parts of the organization that maybe are slightly more open to it that does have uh, the opportunity to meet with more senior executives uh, on a regular basis mm-hmm. how can you speak to those people about what you're doing and say well actually i think it's something we need to bring up but I need some help taking this up to the right level. So yeah. bringing in those people to kind of support you who do believe in, in that area can be really helpful because then they can be part of your voice when they go and start to surface those kind of ideas. Yeah. Because as sad as it is sometimes, those people right at the top will listen to those people kind of right around them, mm. but sometimes they're, they're, they're not privy to conversations coming up. Yeah. Um, so that can sort of help start the conversation. Yeah, it's complicated. There's no simple yeah. answer, but yeah. This this tie into that idea of, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong on the usage of this, but social media not being in a silo, it being across multiple channels and breaking those down. Mm. You've not just got social media here and TV here and whatever. Yeah, exactly. Showing that wider impact. Mm. 100%. Yeah. And like, it's something that I still see on a regular basis. I've got a friend who works in social media for a really big organization. They've only just merged with the wider marketing department, unbelievably. Yeah. So they were a siloed social team just working on their own and now they're integrating them into the wider marketing department and suddenly there's all this extra budget that they're seeing they're like oh we yeah. can buy these tools that we never even thought we'd be able to get access yeah. to um on the other side there's some challenges obviously but even in that sense like just going into marketing like that just tells you kind of where people are still learning about social media and, mm. and we're actually talking about like well how do we get it across every area of the business you know yeah. you, you hear about terms like employee advocacy how do we empower mm. all of our employees to share branded messages yeah. that they want to share. It can be so hard as well. It can be really difficult. and But then on the flip side, if you get it right, it can be unbelievably powerful, yeah. right? And that's the the balance. So, yeah, we like definitely want to educate people that um, don't sit in that silo all the time. Like, explore opportunities. There, there are people within, like, sales uh, people and, and people who work in sales positions are normally some of the people who are most open to those conversations mm-hmm. because they're trying to find new ways to beat their competitors and find leads and, and that kind of stuff. So sales teams can actually be a really interesting place to start because mm-hmm. they're very open to like having that conversation and finding out new things. And, and again, that can be a really powerful message because sales teams often are the ones driving the revenue in the organization or yeah. you know the, the bottom line. So again, it can be a very powerful arm to, to do that. So yeah, definitely looking across the wider organization and trying to help ingrain social within that. Mm-hmm. And then we, I've written a couple of articles about this where a head of social position that we're seeing more and more of, it's really their responsibility to make sure that sort of happens. They, they've got to try and communicate across the organization and that's one of the big skills they need yeah. moving forward. Yeah, so it'll be them who's talking to these like people in the suits. Exactly, yeah. Like, we, well, we've seen like CDOs, like obviously it's a big, like a chief digital officer is something that's only come about in the last couple of years. Mm. And you, you hear these like chief experience officers and chief customer officers. So that all ties into social media. So it's going, but it, it's going to take a little while. But yeah, yeah eventually we those people will be definitely at the table. And it's happening in some organisations, just not all, mm-hmm. for sure. I'm, I'm keen to know what the sort of impact has, has been. Obviously, this miscommunication would have 
definitely had an impact. Do you, uh, can you imagine there's been quite a few casualties as a result of this, of things that could have, uh, you know, real opportunities missed? Yeah, and when you say cash tools, do you mean from like a business perspective and a personal perspective? I suppose from like a business perspective, perspective yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think 100%. I think there's so many businesses that are still not able to fully utilize social to, to what it should be. Mm. And that's why when you hear about like amazing social media campaigns, they make, they're like newsworthy, where they're yeah. like, this brand has done this incredible job mm. uh, mm. on this social channel. It's because it's quite unique. Like it's, you know, in certain industries especially. And so I think there are companies that are just, far behind where some of their competitors are in other organizations. Um, and that can be a, a variety of reasons. That can be, you know, resource and things. But a lot of it is about embracing social early uh, yeah. and seeing mm. the value of the opportunity of it. Yeah. Uh, the people that have kind of put that bet down are doing pretty well off the back of it. And so, like, I'm always, re this sounds really sad, but I'm always really interested in companies that from the outside can seem quite boring, but then do quite an interesting thing. Yeah, I feel like they're sort of like forced yeah. into that like innovation in yeah, a way. Exactly. If, if yeah. their like product or service isn't like naturally exciting or like universally exactly. accepted, then they sort of have to try that bit harder. Ex exactly. And you speak to so many and they you know, the people in these positions are like wanting to do that. They're like, they see it as an opportunity. Mm. And so like General Electric on Instagram, I don't know if it's one you've looked at, but their, their Instagram is amazing and people follow it just, just because it's really entertaining content. Yeah. They, they focus on their employees and what they're doing out in the field, what their technology can do to help environment, you know, all that kind of stuff that that touches so many different people and, and you know, and it has an emotional connection to those people. And they've done it in a really clever way that which relates back to the company, but it's not like a direct sell, mm -hmm. but they've done a really good job of it. Whereas on the outside, if you said to someone, do you follow General Electric on t Instagram or Twitter? <laughs> they'd be like, mm, not really. <laughs> Why would I follow General Electric, you know? Uh, yeah. But yeah, they're just a really good example of like where, They've, they've embraced social media and realised there's an opportunity to kind of get their brand message out there. Yeah. Uh, and they've done it in a really, really effective way. It makes you wonder what some of the, like, more exciting companies could do if they thought about it the same yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think it, it all comes down to, like, what they're betting on and if they're putting yeah. sort of resource behind it. And, like, that's hard for a social media manager in a position to control. Yeah. But if they can start to tell stories and start to educate people internally about the value they're providing, that starts to unlock doors and unlock a bit of extra budget and yeah. stuff like that and well. how how would you advise them to educate these people then <laughs> yeah that's the, the million dollar question really but yeah i think like as i said before i think you need to think about okay what value can i provide this person mm. to, to get some value back like you know give and take a little bit and so one thing that we've seen is where um these sort of social media managers have approached uh, the c-levels and said we want to run an education program that around social media for you so how you can use social media in your day-to-day -day because we think it's uh, an advantage for you in your personal stance as you grow and you want to go on to be whatever position you want to be in the future uh, but we also think it's going to be valuable to the company because having a uh, vocal c-level executive on on social can be really powerful for the yeah. brand mm. so what we'd like to do is run an education program for you with my support which i'll set up and i'll design and work with someone to build it out what would you want to see in that program and, and you know, how, what would be advantageous to you? So that's yeah. one way where you can take your skills and start to apply it. Yeah, uh, you sort of have to make it sound like it's not going to be extra work for them. Exactly, yeah. It's like it's going to be a nice off-site, you know, you're going to get free yeah. breakfast and <laughs> like, or, you know, just like, you know, little exactly. little things where we're like, we're going to take you away from the work environment a bit and, you know, this is something we want to do as a company and we want to educate you and help you because we're going into a digital future and we want to help you get, you know, bridge mm -hmm. that gap yeah. and, and get there if you're not there already. Uh, and by asking what they want to see in 
that, you'd start to kind of be able to extract what matters to them, yeah. which will then help you in, in your position. Manipulation. Well. <laughs> I don't want to say manipulation. <laughs> it's more, again, just kind of making sure you're providing value, <laughs> yeah. I would say. <laughs> uh, we, we touched on language a bit before, but um, I've noticed, do you have any like little knacks of like what sort of language they respond to the most and what, what's best to use? 100%. So, yeah, I think one thing is think of stories first, right? If you stand in front of a lot of people who are leaders of organizations and things like that, you find that they are normally pretty good storytellers. They really like a story and mm. that's how they like to communicate and receive communication sometimes. So there's a way that you can start to uh, build kind of what you're doing into more of a story. That can be really, really helpful. And so that could just be taking them through something that happened on social, the impact of what happened, you know, take them down and bring them up again and make it kind of interesting mm. like that's a really interesting a story way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like you, the, the, yeah. The, the, familiar. the pixar book like we yeah. talked about like how to write good stories and things yeah, like yeah, that yeah. that's a really good good book to read to kind of get into that creative mindset around stories so i'd say like that's one thing and then the other thing is just be aware that whenever you're speaking to these people they have a really minuscule amount of time normally mm. yeah. if you're passing mm. in a corridor or anything like that and they just ask you a question it's normally there's something behind it. Like yeah. they, they want to know kind of what's going on because they're under a lot of pressure to deliver. Mm. And so I think it's always just put yourself in their shoes and think, if I start talking to them about, you know, we've put out this campaign, it's got this these kind of social metrics, mm. how's that person going to feel about it? And they'll probably be like, okay, like in their head, they might be like, I don't really know what that means. Yeah. Great. But they might not say, and they'll be like, okay. Yeah. And that's your kind of missed opportunity. So I'd say go always go like one or two layers up and think about if you were, I, I often say think about if you're speaking to like my mum and dad are, are not social media FA, they're on it they, they use it but how would you explain to somebody like that what is going on in your social media channels and what it's done yeah. and what the impact Keep has like been top line. real top line and I'm not like saying that we need you, know, you need to treat C-level people like they're they don't know anything yeah that's why I'd worry about like yeah. you don't want to come off like you you're patronising them would you because yeah. you just take the jargon out of everything exactly. though isn't it yeah. the yeah. jargon, even in our day to day there's so many things <laughs> like that we can KPI, live without CPM, you know? yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> exactly yeah so remove that and just talk about kind of you know on their level like what's going to impact them so mm. we you know we ran this campaign we saw this outcome the impact that's having on the business i believe is x and they're like great that's really interesting so we find that that kind of language helps break down those barriers a little mm. bit yeah for sure just okay. the, the jargon i want to go back to your general electric um example <laughs> yeah. quickly as well because it strikes me that that would be a company who's sort of you know very b2b i mean i know you can buy oh, yeah. light bulbs and stuff but you know, it strikes me that they wouldn't traditionally use it as their main sort of marketing um, channel to reach millennials and whatnot. It sounds like they're using it in a very BAU way to show off their culture and stuff like that. Yes, 100%. So I think they saw an opportunity on Instagram because obviously they're going to have their, their main marketing channels. They're going to have huge sales teams going out there mm -hmm. trying to land, you know, all sciences of business from B2B side of things. But I think they saw the opportunity with Instagram is, well, do people actually know what we do like you know general electric is one of the mm. largest organizations in the world but actually people don't probably if you ask people in the street what they do they'll just say well, something to do with electricity and <laughs> i'm not really yeah. sure after that right <laughs> so i think they, they saw an opportunity that they could educate people and show them kind of what goes on behind the scenes and that has multiple impacts like people maybe then want to start working there they see it as a, a really interesting employee mm. like oh mm. i didn't actually understand that they did that uh, it creates conversation, right? So if these people who are making these big decisions about, you know, what they want to buy from people like General Electric, if they're seeing this other side of them where there's a kind of culture and, and something more behind just selling something, it, it creates more warmth mm -hmm. in that connection as well. Yeah. So when they, they start talking to them, they're like, oh, you know, 
I actually saw their Instagram handle or my wife showed me an Instagram post or something, you know, like, uh, yeah. you know, my partner showed me something. So, so that way, you know, you're, you're creating more impact that just by kind of showing what's going on inside yeah. the organization more. I wonder, is it hard sometimes though to place a value on like this, this warmth? Because I completely get what you mean, but mm. having, um, some experience trying to convince people of the the areas which might not have those direct results on like financial return or their specific business return. Yes. You maybe get a lot of people saying, well, is that just a waste of our time? What's the end goal? Yes. Yeah. And you definitely do get that. That's a, definitely a challenge. And I think this is where you need to approach it, where you don't just go all in with that. And and also this is something you can build with trust over time as well. Mm. But if you go all in on that in the first instance, or, you know, when you're pitching something upward or trying to get budget, that might break down. And that's why you need to kind of go in this all encompassing side of things and say, well, over this side, we want to focus on building lead generation. Mm. So, you know, it might be through a more traditional channel like LinkedIn. So, mm. you know, we're going to be using LinkedIn to kind of uh, for our lead generation efforts. So we're targeting our personas and audiences. On the other side of that, to complement what we're doing over here, we want to build our brand and, mm. and what it stands for. And so we want to do that through this other medium, which is Instagram. Uh, and if we do those together, I think that we're going to create this kind of brand impact yeah. uh, where we will get sales on this side, but we think this side will have an impact of what our brand perception is in the market and will hopefully influence this side of things. Yeah. I can't tell you it's going to directly influence a sale, but we think by doing the two conjoined together rather than just focusing on one, it will have a, a larger impact. Yeah, so I think, again, it's that a balance. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It almost becomes like, it, it just strikes me that social media, it's, it's over the years, it's evolved from, you know, this marketing channel to a PR channel mm. to, you know, a customer service tool. Yeah, it's, it's WhatsApp useful and Messenger every In every yeah. single way. Mm. I'm interested now as well, slightly off piece, um, you obviously came up through uh, Hootsuite, and you, you you were there a while ago. What apart from scale, what have been what has been the sort of change between how businesses use social media back in two thousand eight to how they're using it in two thousand nineteen? That's big ten year gap. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, much has happened. Um, yeah, like I think on on the most basic level, I think we saw like so. I joined Hootsuite in two thousand eleven, so mm -hmm. it's still kind of fairly early stage with everything. And and what we saw then is people were like okay we have this free channel to use to post interesting stuff about what we're doing and try and sell stuff and all that sort of stuff. And we're just going to kind of blast blast stuff out and people will see it and then that will create impact. And obviously it did for a while. Like that was yeah. you know, the golden the gold rush of <laughs> social media where yeah, everyone's just like, wow, this is amazing. Madison Avenue. Yeah, exactly. Madman. That's obviously evolved like massively over time where, you know, we all know now it's, you know, you've got to pay to be on these platforms and things. But the, the, I think the, the biggest sort of differences we've seen is, uh, and what's been really interesting for me is, when people start to realise that you can't just push, 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 it's like any channel. You can't mm. just push, push, push. There has to be kind of some engagement with the people you're trying to uh, buy into your service or whatever you're doing. And so there was this interesting phase. So then there was this huge shift in right, right, community management is really, really important. So we need to engage our audience. And first of all, we need to be reactive. So we need to react to it. If they ask us a question or they're saying something about us, we have to react, okay? Mm -hmm. So that that was the first bit. Then they were like, oh, actually, we could be interesting here and be proactive. Mm -hmm. So when they're saying, oh, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z product, which sort of relates to us, we can jump into the conversation and be like, oh, here's some useful information about yeah. what you're looking for. So then we can be proactive, right? So then that was the involvement of like this community management side of things. And then what people started to see was then the sales teams would be like, oh my God, like all of my prospects are on social media. How do I tap up? So that was another an extra form of engagement that then built out the back of that. 
And then brands are like, oh, and now I can target all of these people that I want to target. So yeah. then it, it became this like all encompassing platform where they had a customer service team, a community management <laughs> team, a sales you're team. I'm picturing like a crumb on the floor and all these birds just like get wind of it and start going towards <laughs> I don't know it. if I'm oversimplifying it, but like. <laughs> They've got the crumb. I want the crumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was like, and, but the really Brilliant. interesting thing about when you're in a new industry like that is that, you know, I was working at Hootsuite and obviously our CEO and like people had this vision of where it was going to go but actually some of the best ideas came from people doing it themselves right mm. and you'd be like these people be asking us questions about certain things be like that's such an amazing idea like we should develop something to fit this need mm. because yeah. you've, you've come across something really interesting and so that's where it's really interesting when it's in a new industry like this you, the customers and, and the people using it are the ones figuring out the best way to use it yeah. and then the companies are learning from that hoping to, to kind of help them with that yeah, yeah. It just reminds us, like, it's so, it's it's obviously, like, so creative, and it, it was then, and it can be now, but like we've been saying, this idea of bringing these big ideas to the big people and having to go through all these internal processes and, like, like you said, education programs and training people, mm. is that hindering that creativity in any way? Yeah, so I think it is to an extent. So you, you definitely work with organisations where they want uh, multiple approval layers and and stuff like that mm. and so it can be very hard to be kind of in the moment which social media should obviously be very much in the moment in some a lot of cases because mm. yeah. they, that's mm. where some of the best stuff comes out mm. of um so i definitely think it could be and i think it's that like some organizations are breaking that down and are, like it, it's an element of building trust within the organization right so if you can start to put these kind of pieces together and like as we're talking about this, I don't want to overwhelm people. <laughs> like, it sounds like it's this massive task. Mm. It doesn't have to be. You kind of just have to put in these like small building steps to yeah. to start to make little bits of difference. And with doing that, you start to build trust through your management and, and beyond. And so when you start to build that trust, you find that some of these kind of barriers start to slowly break away because yeah. people are less fearful and are less worried about what's going to happen because they know that you're kind of in control. If you're demonstrating what you're doing, demonstrating the impact it's having, you're bringing creative ideas to the table, that then starts to open open up a little bit and yeah. so you start to get a bit more free reign. Um, so I think, yes, definitely those barriers exist, but if you can start to take these incremental steps to kind of demonstrate some of the things we've, we've spoken about, they start to move away or become a little bit loosened compared to what they are. Yeah. So you can start to be a bit more reactionary and a bit more um, creative with what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, slow and steady. It strikes me that we're going through a, another transitional period. Just the, the example again, the, the you know, adversity, uh, the creatives were discovered social media and then the sales team and then the brands. Maybe it strikes me that maybe in five, ten years it will be sea levels next and they'll very much yeah. be a part of all that and that will be the next incursion of, of that within social. Yeah. yeah, I think so. And I think like, you know, if, if you think about it from a sea level side as well, like these people who were potentially in sea level positions when social media became this massive boom, mm. like, you know, they were never kind of in the lower down potentially in the organization dealing with with social media it wasn't it wasn't something they'd even like come across right mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. they're trying to process all of that while trying to run a company like that's a massive challenge mm -hmm. so i think what you'll start to see is obviously you'll have people that have been growing up with social media through an organization who will be then moving into those C-level mm -hmm. positions, right? And so they'll get it more. Yeah. And so I think you're right. There is this tipping point uh, soon-ish, I think, where, you know, people will be moving into those positions and be like, well, yeah, I know social media. I used mm -hmm. to use it in my mm -hmm. marketing yeah. role before and my sales role before, and it's really effective. Yeah. And I wonder though, will it have changed <laughs> by that point as well? <laughs> well, exactly, like, yeah. There are things well, we don't know. Social's going to keep moving, right? But yeah. if they have that foundational understanding that social media... Because, uh, again, we all talk about social media as this thing, whereas actually it's 
it just should be embedded as part of an organization yeah. like any other kind of activity, uh, like SEO and all that stuff. Yeah, mm. You think about that, like that's now just default. Mm. I think we'll get there with social where everyone has that foundational knowledge. Yes, the technology will con continue to move and stuff, and you'll have the experts that you need to be able to do that. But if they have that foundational understanding, then you're halfway there, right? Yeah. Like you don't have to do all this convincing and stuff. So I think there is a time when that will start to shift. But in the moment we are now, I think it's too early for yeah. that, mm. personally. Yeah. yeah, start putting those building blocks in place. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I suppose in, another interesting one to look at as well, though, is the, this, If you know, if we, we look at Facebook, this is not by any means a young person's game, is it? No. It's not like me looking at, what were those things that you that everybody had at one point? Um, like spinning toys oh, that you put um, on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. what are they called again oh my god I've just completely lost the name I can't yeah, think of what the yeah. name is no, but you know like <laughs> Pokemon cards or yeah, anything yeah, yeah. like yeah, this yeah. where you just think no I'm leaving well alone yeah. that is that a young person's thing and I, <laughs> I don't know it's like younger than me <laughs> yeah. what does it actually do oh it just spins spins yeah, yeah. Just, I was like no but this is <laughs> social media it's, it's, it's not this is a misconception we have in a way isn't it it's not a young person's game and you see the CEOs who've come for this with I suppose personal branding is a big one that people said, oh, right, okay, yeah. I can actually build my brand in a professional sense. LinkedIn, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. great yeah, LinkedIn's example big for of that. It. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And I think, again, it's that thing I think I said at the beginning where they're using it on the other side. So they're using it to influence what they do in their daily lives and yeah. what they buy and, and what services they take on. I think some of them just haven't transferred it the other way. They just haven't looked at it from their own company's perspective and said, well, hang on, I've actually been influenced by this, this and this, or I've been influenced to go here, here yeah. like, and actually it's influencing what I do. Maybe like they haven't registered that. They, it did influence them, but they didn't really think about it. Yeah. And so maybe they just haven't turned that around and gone, oh, actually, like our company can do that as well. Mm. Because maybe they think their company does something different or, you know, it's just an education piece, right? Mm. It's like, no, actually we can influence and, and the audience is on there. Even if we're targeting, you know, not a really young audience, like maybe someone slightly older, there's still places that we can do that all across social media, as we know, across, yeah. you know, Instagram's the demographic is completely widening. Yeah. I, I use my mum as a gauge for demographic. So my mum's on Instagram now. So that means it's like very much in the market. Like, uh, because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because my mum joined like Facebook first, then it was WhatsApp and then it was Instagram. So yeah. that's my sort of gauge of like where, where Soon the, they'll be on Snapchat. Are. I don't think she'll ever make Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not for her, I don't think. But yeah, like, so... Yeah, I think it's just that. They just need to transfer that sort of thinking or realise that they're being influenced and then actually that can really apply to them as well. Mm. Mm. Fascinates me. It really does. And again, a, a sort of final point, I suppose, is social media, I, 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 I'd imagine we can say this is very much uh, one of those glamorous industries to be in. Everybody used to want to work in the media industry and mm. now the, it seems like advertising social media is having this massive resurgence. Are you seeing... A, a bit of saturation going on where the door is closing for all these people trying to get in and yeah so do you mean like there's um, sort of less positions for the amount of people that want to get in yes. yeah because yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much the place to be at the moment isn't yeah. it it's almost like a new job yeah exactly yeah. no I definitely think I think there's two sides to it I think one there's still that attraction of working in social media. Two, I think there's still a massive misunderstanding about what people do on a day-to-day -day basis. They still just think yeah. that you send a tweet every day and that's kind of your job. Um, and then uh, on, on the third point, I think as well now you've got people who have years of experience in social media. And so yeah. the positions are more competitive because you have people with a, a large background and experience. Whereas before it was maybe given to the person who seemed like they knew the most about social media or, you know, like there's all that kind of historic uh, talk. But now you have people with bags of experience, 
they can present results that they've gained uh, and you have a multitude of agencies as well doing the same thing. Mm. And so it's a much more competitive environment now. And so I think if these people are going into these positions, uh, they're going to be facing much more competition with people with experience than they did before, potentially. Yeah. Uh, and that's something else they just need to, to sort of think about as mm. they're going into these kind of positions and, and trying to apply for these positions as well. I have one final question, or sure. technically two. Okay. Um, maybe a good one to end on. Sure. A little nugget of advice for social media managers and then your one for your C-level exec. Okay, yeah, cool. So I'd say um, for the social media managers, uh, the biggest thing that you can do, in my opinion, uh, is build out something called a measurement framework. Uh, and what you can do is take social media metrics and draw a perfect line between what social media is doing and the impact it's having on an organization through one of these frameworks. You can Google it. There's loads of templates out there. By doing that that is a very clear picture of your impact within an organization. Mm -hmm. And it's often the one that opens the most eyes. As soon as you draw one of those out and give it to someone, they understand. And and it's like a real moment where the switch is flipped. So I'd say, take some time, if you haven't got one, to build out a measurement framework that isn't just associated with social metrics, mm -hmm. but goes back to business uh, outcomes and find out what those business outcomes are. So if you're at a kickoff of a company and the company says our big three targets this year are X, Y, and Z, take a note of those and think about how social is impacting those and see how you can join that line. So that would be my nugget of information. For C-levels, my nugget of information would be go out and have a discussion with social media teams. Just go and see what they're doing and have a discussion with them and be open-minded uh, mm -hmm. to, to what they're doing. They have a ton of information. They probably have more information about your audiences, your competitors' audiences, your customers than you realize. And it's all really valuable stuff that you should be taking back and thinking about how you can use on your side of things. So start with a conversation with a cup of coffee or something and, and go from there. Or a really, cup of tea. Or a cup of tea. Yeah, we had this discussion <laughs> earlier. A cup of tea is just as valuable as a cup of coffee. <laughs> um, and from there, like you, you'll hopefully find that you'll get, gain a ton of value from that. Good advice. I have to throw in one final point. Oh, go, go on, on then. I just remembered what the spinning thing's called. Oh, okay. Fidget spinner. Fidget spinner. Oh, yes. We've got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody <laughs> on the edge of their seats yeah. listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I kept wanting to say Fitbit. To be fair, if I was listening and it, it didn't get revealed, that'd really <laughs> bug me. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. It was just like okay. uh, boomerang. <laughs> Not breathe easy. Similar shape. Yeah. <laughs> cool. We'll edit there. Cheers, Rob. Thank, Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, cheers. Awesome. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with Theo, Eve and music by Pierre Flass.